Welcome to the podcast Game Changers with Jeff Newkirk, formerly known as Understandable Solutions. I'm your host, Jeff Newkirk. Welcome to the Game Changers with Jeff Newkirk podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Newkirk. And we're going to talk today about changing the game for 2023. If you're a business owner or decision maker, you want 2023 to be better than 2022. You want to change things up and and improve and get your business to the next level. We're going to talk a little bit about how to plan for that for next year and get into a position where you can take your business to the next level and be the game changer that you want to be. Before we get started, though, I want to thank my sponsor, Outstanding DNA. Now, Outstanding DNA is men's underwear, and it is men's underwear on a mission. Ultra-comfortable performance skivvies that are made right here in the U.S. of A. They are supporting veterans. And did you know that 22 veterans die each day by suicide? Outstanding DNA apparel reminds us that we are all outstanding. And Outstanding DNA is dedicated to ending the suicide epidemic, and they take a portion of all sales and they put it towards suicide prevention. And they work in partnership with an organization called FOB Razor, that's Forward Operating Base Razor. That is a veteran and first responder peer support program. So I got to tell you, I got my new pairs of Outstanding DNA underwear this week, and they are so comfortable. I mean, the cotton is super soft. So check it out, OutstandingDNA.com. And in your first purchase, if you enter the code SOLUTIONS, that's S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S, you'll get 15% off. It's a local company right here in North the North Houston area. Great people. And I encourage you to check out Outstanding DNA. In fact, I would say it's your patriotic duty. They support all of our veterans, first responders. Check out Outstanding DNA. Okay, today we're going to talk about changing the game for 2023 as a business owner, as a decision maker in an organization. You want next year, 2023, to be a whole lot better than 2022. How are we going to do that? Well, we have to plan for it. And in my business, as I work with clients and help them plan for the next year, we put together a business plan. And there are certain components in that business plan that I think are absolutely essential. So some of the main components of the plan include a market analysis. You have to know what is the market that you are going to sell your service, sell your product. Okay, we'll talk a little bit about market analysis. Organizational structure. How is your business set up? Is it lean and mean? Or is it top heavy? Or are you in transition? So how's how's the organizational structure set up in your business? What exactly are you selling? What is your service that you're selling or product? Are you a manufacturing company? The reader of your business plan needs to know exactly what it is you're selling. Keep in mind when you're writing a business plan, you're writing it not only for yourself to plan for the next year and the next three to five years, but you're also writing it 
to an audience who may decide to invest in your business or you're writing it to a bank in order to get a loan. So you have to take all of the uncertainty out of the plan. You have to make it crystal clear. So whoever's reading it, they know exactly what is going on in your business. You're not leaving a lot of ambiguity out there. You're not leaving questions that are not answered. Uncertainty about what exactly your business is doing, how you're selling your product or service, how much money you're going to make. All of those questions are answered in the business plan. So another section, big part of it, is the marketing and sales plan. Now, I talked about market analysis. That's different than the marketing and sales plan. You're putting a plan together within the plan. So marketing and sales plan within the business plan. And you're basically addressing how you're going to sell your product or service, how much it's going to cost your customer to purchase it, where you're going to sell it, and how are you going to place it within the market? So those are the questions that you need to have answered in the marketing and sales component of your business plan. And of course, the financial projections. Now I say of course, because I have a finance background, I spent some time in corporate finance, and it's the bottom line, I hate to say it, it's cliche, but the bottom line is the bottom line. And if you're not making money, if you don't have a profit, your business is not sustainable. So you need to have a good set of projections based on good data that you know within a reasonable certainty that you're going to realize within the next year to three years. Now, I've always said, let's do a five-year plan. Well, one of the things we learned with COVID is that long-term plans are subject to a great deal of risk. Meaning in years four and five of your plan, chances are things are going to be very different, whether in your business, in your market, in the environment. But I do think having a plan for one to three years, super important, very critical. Another part of the plan, obviously, is the schedule. What milestones do you want to hit during the year? They're going to help you achieve the goals and the targets that you've set for your business over the next year. Which leads me to the summary section, the last section of the plan. That's where you summarize all of the goals that you want to achieve. What are your financial goals? What are your marketing and sales goals? Would you have a market share that you want to reach? Um, resources, for example. Are you changing how you're delivering your product because you're gonna hire more people? Uh, maybe you're bringing on additional equipment. Maybe you're changing systems and processes, and that's going to be a goal associated with implementing maybe a new system or processes that's going to change things up and make you more lean. So there are super important parts of the business plan that's going to basically set the roadmap, the roadmap for your business. Think of the plan as a roadmap, right? It is going to tell you how to get from point A to point B. And the financial part of the plan is like gas in the tank of your car. So you open up the map, you got to get from, let's say, Houston to Chicago. The map is going to tell you how to get from Houston to Chicago. That's the plan. It's going to lay out step by step 
how you're going to get from Houston to Chicago, turn by turn. But a super important part of that plan is the gas that's in the tank, the financial component of the plan. The gas that's in the tank of your car that's going to allow you to get from Houston to Chicago. How much gas are you going to need? If you don't have a plan in place, how do you know you're not going to run out of gas? And on the other, the flip side of that, when you get to Chicago, maybe you will have, have purchased more gas than you needed. In other words, you haven't been working efficiently. So make sure that you have the plan in place. So let's talk about the different sections of the plan that I, the most important sections. I talked first about the market analysis. Now, what is the market analysis? Basically, you are assessing geographically, at least, the location of where you're going to do business, where you're going to sell your product or service. So know the geographical layout of where your business is going to be, where your customers are coming from. Now, what customers are you going to attract? What is their demographic? And is your market conducive to the demographic target that you're setting? You want to make sure that your business is targeted in the direction that people are going to buy, right? Your customer is going to be attracted to whatever you're, whatever you are selling. So not only do you have to have a good product or service that people are going to buy, it has to be, uh, in a, they have to be able to get to it. You know, they have to be able to be, uh, there has to be good access in order to purchase that product or service. And then we'll talk about the financial component, but it's got to be priced in a way that you know that you're going to make some money. You're going to have some profit. Now, that said, you have to know your competition. That's part of the market analysis. Do you have competition in your market that is selling your product or service? And chances are the answer to that question will be yes. And then what are they charging? What, what is their price for selling that product or service? And when you look at your product or service and what price you anticipate selling that for, is it competitive? Is the quality comparative to your competitors? In other words, is it a cheaper product or is it a more quality driven product? If it's more quality driven, maybe you can charge a little bit more. You can charge a premium, but you have to know what the costs are that's going into manufacturing or producing your product or service or delivering your service. And how much can you charge based on market conditions? For example, McDonald's is going to open up a new restaurant in a market. Their competition is very severe. Lots of competitors, Whataburger, Burger King, Jack in the Box. They can't come into the market and sell a Big Mac for $10. Nobody's going to buy it. It's not like they have golden French fries, right? Or, you know, nothing so premium about that hamburger that they can charge double or triple what their competitors charge. So you have to make sure that your product is priced appropriately. That's part of the market analysis. So know the location, know the target that you're going to uh, try to sell to, know your competition, 
and know as much about your competition as you possibly can. What do they sell? How much do they sell it for? And will your product or service fit into that market and be able to give you a sustainable business going forward? Now let's talk about organizational structure. How is your business set up? Meaning, do you have a leadership team? Are you a solopreneur? Do you have a lot of employees that work uh, staff level or entry level positions? This is where you have to address who is employed within your organization, within your company, and how much is it costing your business to employ these folks? And are you paying uh, rates, hourly rates, that are comparative to other like uh, positions in the market? So you want to make sure that you got to do a little research here. So if you're going to bring on, for example, a new marketing uh, director, is that new marketing director going to be paid pretty much the market rate compared to other like companies, other positions within your market? And if so, can you afford that new expense? That's where we hit the financial projections. But before we get there, Let's talk about your service and product line. What exactly are you selling? This is the section of the plan where you basically outline everything that you're going to sell. Every product, every service, how much is going to cost the customer. Do you have any unique features of the product or service? How will it be delivered? Again, we're trying to take any question and answer it so whoever the reader is, they have no unanswered questions in the plan. You don't want the reader to walk away with, well, that's a cool product, but how are they going to sell it? You don't want them to have a question like that. You want all those questions to be answered. Now, the marketing and sales plan of the business plan. How exactly are you going to sell your product or service? Where will it be placed in the market? How are you going to promote it? Is it going to be only on social media? Will there be other mediums that you're going to use in order to advertise and promote and build awareness around your product? And how much is that going to cost you? Marketing and sales is not free. But in order to sell, you have to market. You have to market your product or service in order to sell it. So you, it's very, it would be very unique in order to have success selling your product or service and having no marketing effort whatsoever. So you have to plan for that and you have to budget for it. You have to include those expenses in your financial projections. How much is it going to cost you to market and sell your product? Which leads us into your financial projections. Now I said earlier that I used to advocate for five-year projections. And with COVID, that sort of, uh, hate to use the word, pivoted a little bit, but we did have to really be more succinct in planning out for at least three years, knowing that there's going to be a high element of risk in years four and five in getting accurate projections. So when you look at your financial projections, you want to look at two sides of the equation of the P&L, the profit and loss statement. The first side, the revenue. How much are you going to sell? That's the quantity. 
what's the average price for the product or service that you're going to sell. So there's the price quantity. Those are the two main variables that make up your revenue side of the equation. And depending on how many products you sell, you could have an average price and quantity for each one of those products that all combined will be your total revenue. On the expense side of the equation, in your profit and loss statement, you're going to have to account for how much of all of those things, all of those items, expense items, that it takes you to operate your business. But before we get even get there, we have to know how much does it cost you to either produce the product or to deliver your product as a service. So it's basically your cost of goods, right? What is it costing you as a business to manufacture your product or provide your service? Then we have to know how much does it cost you to operate your business aside from the cost associated with delivering the service or manufacturing the product. Things like rent. Or do you pay rent to a landlord for your space? Do you have to purchase office supplies or miscellaneous equipment in your business? Do you have to pay utilities, electric, gas? How about licenses and permits, insurance? Do you have an attorney? Do you use any consultants? I hope you do, uh, by the way. And all of those have to be included in your operating expenses, not to mention labor. You've got labor that will be included in cost of goods, those folks that are directly involved in manufacturing the product or delivering your service. But then what about all of those folks that are not directly involved, but you're still paying them a salary or an hourly wage? That's part of your operational expenses. So we have to look at all of those expenses that are included in your business and make sure that the revenue is far greater than your expenses so you have a sustainable business going forward. And again, I recommend at least a three-year projection with as much detail as you can possibly get. Now, the I talked about operating expenses, but periodically we have to purchase expensive equipment or expensive items that can be considered capital costs. Those things that we're going to depreciate over the life of the equipment. So it has a useful life of at least a year. It costs you at least $2,500. You can depreciate that over a period of time. And that's going to hit your balance sheet by way of an asset. Now, I haven't really talked about the balance sheet. I really want to stick to just the profit and loss statement in this podcast. Uh, might might get to the balance sheet in, in a future episode. But right now, let's just focus on what does it take you to get to that profitability necessary to keep your business going? And remember, the revenue side of the equation and the expense side of the equation. And when you subtract the expenses from your revenue, you have to have a positive result, a positive bottom line. Your business needs to be profitable. Now, I talked about a schedule earlier. What's in the schedule? All of those milestones that you plan to hit over the course of the next year, those would be considered 
part of your schedule. So for example, let's say you have, you're launching a new product and you plan to launch the product in uh, midsummer, let's say June or July. Well, what are some of the planning milestones that you have to achieve in order to make sure that you stay on track to introduce your new product or service in midsummer? You would include that in a schedule. Maybe it's uh, working with a consultant to develop the plan for, for launching the product. Uh, maybe it's bringing on additional resources to sell the product. Milestones to keep you on track so you can achieve your goal that will help you meet the objectives and the overall goals of the plan, the business plan itself. Which leads to the last section, and I, I use the as the last section, it's going to be really in, in two places in the plan. The last section summarizes all of the goals that you have in the plan. So I can just go to one section in the plan and see all of the goals that you want to achieve for the next year. But I can also, I can also read the executive summary and get an idea of what I'm going to read in the details of your plan. And that will include your goals as well. So you want to have some very specific goals, quantified, time-based, realistic, you know, the SMART goals, uh, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, time frame. We want to make sure that those goals are those goals that represent your business, that you can achieve them over the course of the time period that you have allotted for in the plan. So by the time you reach the next year, a year from now, you're going back and saying, yep, I achieved that goal. Yep, I achieved that goal. But it won't be a surprise because you're going to be tracking the milestones associated with those goals throughout the year. Boy, we've covered a lot of information in this podcast, and I hope this has been helpful. We're gearing up for 2023 to be a game-changing year for you. One of the ways to start that process of making it a game-changing year is to have a plan. Now, I've talked about all of this associated with your business, but you can have a plan for your personal situation as well. Take all of this and apply it to your own personal life, your own personal budget. Uh, what do you want to do in your job? in your occupation? Do you want to grow at all with regard to uh, learning more about other opportunities that fit your skill set? Where do you want your compensation to be towards the end of the year? What kinds of things do you have to do throughout the year to get to that point? That's part of your plan as well, your personal plan. So again, I hope this was super helpful. A lot of information here. I know we're going to be addressing parts of it in future episodes, but I hope this was meaningful. Now, in the spirit of game changing, and I started this in the last episode, every episode I want to wrap up with who I thought were the game changers over the last week. In my opinion only, who did I think, who do I think were the predominant game changers in business, in sport, in our world. So thinking back over the last week, and I've said this before, 
I'm a big TCU Horn Frog fan. Now, part of that is I've got two daughters that go to TCU. However, this past week and this year for their football team has been storybook. They have had a storybook season and it has been so much fun to follow them. And if you just compare the 22 football season for the Horn Frogs to 21, you know that there has been a huge, huge difference. Last year, they finished up at five wins, seven losses. They had a conference record of three and six. They had a coach, their head coach resigned after 20 some years. I mean, it was not a stellar year. New coach comes in this year by the name of Sonny Dykes. Spent five years at Southern Methodist. TCU hired him. Came across town from Dallas to Fort Worth. And what happens? They go 11 or 12 and 1. They're ranked third in the country. They're playing Michigan in the national playoffs. The team has been led by a quarterback by the name of Max Duggan. So I'm going to put Max Duggan as a game changer. Sonny Dykes is a game changer, and the TCU football team as a whole as my game changers for the week. And what really set it apart for me, I watched the game last week when they lost to Kansas State, but so few times have I seen an athlete completely leave it on the field like Max Duggan did. I mean, he left everything he had on the field to give it to his team. He was bleeding from his elbows and his legs and he was out of breath and he couldn't, he could barely walk off the field, but he gave everything he had for his team. And can you imagine if every athlete, every person in business in our society gave it all, left it all on the field, you know, left nothing in the tank. I mean, gave it all. That's what Max Duggan did last week, and it was inspiring, to say the least, to watch. So my game changers for the week, Max Duggan, quarterback for the TCU Horn Frogs, Sonny Dykes, head coach for the football team of the TCU Horn Frogs, and I'm going to say the entire TCU Horn Frog football team. They have been so much fun to watch this year. Huge game-changing for the TCU community in Fort Worth, and can't wait to see how they do against Michigan. Hope this was a great episode. I hope you learned something from it. Game Changers with Jeff Newkirk. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope today was a great day. I hope tomorrow's even better. Peace, everyone.